surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. All right. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is your host, Taylor. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. We are going to start off this year with a little mini um, summary breakdown recap of Matt's episode and premiere of The Bachelor, making history as the first Black Uh, male bachelor lead, Um, but then also touching base and kind of playing a little catch up with another former bachelor contestant, another member of bachelor family, Sydney. So welcome Sydney to the show. Yay. Thanks for having me, keeping me up late talking about the bachelor. It's always a good time, but yeah, I'm excited for all of the new things that are happening. Yeah. It's a lot. It's everything. I feel like, like kind of, uh, closing out 2020 has just been a lot. And yeah. like starting 2021, now I'm like, wait, we're starting all, all th- we're yeah. back right back in it. Okay. It's like a lot at once. Cause I feel like we just got Tasha engaged. Like everything was wrapped up there, felt good about it. And then like, it feels like I blinked for one second and now we're back for a whole nother season. We're meeting all these women. And I think yeah. it's also different for this one because we don't know anything about Matt. So I feel like I'm just taking in a lot with this first episode. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was ready for it, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, I'll, I'm like a little biased because uh, there's a girl that lives here in Seattle, uh, Katie with the vibrator, um, who I. Yeah, like I talked to her before she went on um, and have talked to her obviously since she's been back. Um, and so was actually pretty excited to watch how that went for her. And I feel like it went really well, but um, yeah, not really knowing much about Matt. Um, like you said, it felt like it was literally one week. We had one week of non-bachelor related things. And previously to that, it was like four hours a week. It was back to back two weeks on Monday and Tuesday to wrap up Tasha's season. And honestly, I feel like we had some pretty like badass leads like I feel yeah. like Claire and Tasha were both badass leads um mm-hmm. you're friends with Tasha. um mm-hmm. so I'm sure that was like very exciting for you to like watch her find love yeah mm-hmm. it was really cool and I got to support her on the season a little bit I attended yeah. one of the dates with Becca so it was really awesome to like see her in her elements and because mm-hmm. I didn't know when I went that it was going to be her so on <laughs> I got there. We had an idea. Like they were like, you want to, we want you to help out with a date. And I was like, there's no way they're having me help out with Claire. Like something's up here. So yeah, um, it was really, it was really cool for me to watch her. And like, she was so in her element, like everyone on producer side and everyone on bachelor side just like loved having her. She was like a breath of fresh air for them. I think after Claire, mm-hmm. even though Claire did awesome and it was like really great for them to have two mm-hmm. love stories in one. Cause usually we get like lately we've been getting like weird endings to these seasons mm-hmm. but we got two actual engagements out of last season yeah. so that was kind of amazing so it should be interesting to see what this season's going to bring because we got a lot in the last one 
Yeah. Well, honestly, because I feel like the bachelorettes, like the female leads, I feel like just know what they want more and they end up, you know, actually really making a decision that they're excited about. And I think the last several bachelors that we've had has been like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? What's happening here? Yeah. (laughs) I also with the women, you make a good point because they were women that have been in like serious relations before they've done this before and they are mature and have like their lives together. Yeah. So I think they knew what was going to fit best for them. It seems like now watching that after seeing those two women, like kind of really own the season and figure out what they wanted. He's very like deer in headlights. I feel for him because he's never done this before. Yeah. I feel like he's only probably talked to like Tyler Cam and his best friend and just like been around the people that he's met through bachelor nation. And he's really coming into this like fresh eyes, which is kind of amazing. But then it's like, Oh, I don't know how this is going to go for him. Like, could they like like, really ruin his life? Could they really get in his head? Cause he doesn't really know anything (laughs) Mm -hmm. about what's happening. Um, and he's never been in love before it seems. So there's like a lot of factors here and he's like the pressure of being the first black bachelor. I'm sure that he has so much that he's thinking about and he's trying to accomplish. And like, are we going to be able to get love out of him Mm -hmm. through this process? Yeah. Well, it's, (laughs) it's interesting because you know, he's done the ABC food tours. So like he's been around cameras before. So Uh for me watching him, I'm kind of like, you know, yeah, like I don't think this being his first time on the show necessarily is like um, the transition of like, oh, there's cameras and there's, you know, crew and all of that. Like all of that, I think probably felt pretty normal to him, I would assume. Um, But the vulnerability piece, and that's part of what he talked about too, um, I think, we might see him struggle with that a little bit more than we have uh-huh. at least for the bachelorettes. Um, and in addition to that, I mean, the pressure is so on, like not only externally from everyone, but also from himself internally. And we heard him kind of talk about his experience um, being biracial and, and being a man of color and, you know, the weight that that holds in this franchise. And, you know, I, I totally could understand where he was coming from of sharing, you know, there's a lot of pressure of like people wanting him to be with a a black woman, people, you know, wanting him to be with a white woman, like, and having all this pressure on who you're going to love when in the first place, you're like, not even sure, like what love even is like, how he's even going to find that. Like, I just, it's so much pressure on him. And I just sincerely hope that like they, I hope that he's taking advantage of the therapy that's provided on the season. Yeah. I hope he's doing some real like deep diving we're, into that. We're going to see so many things that, out of him. We're going to see like him struggling with that. I like that he's already talking about it though. So he's at least like being verbal about it. And I like that ABC is allowing it for it to make the yeah. screens because before this was a thing that people were thinking about and never really made TV. So I'm really happy mm-hmm. that we're seeing it and we're, they're pushing it. Um, but he's going to go through a lot and I feel like he'll, he'll question himself in a a lot of ways because Mm -hmm. he's going to be thinking a lot about everything that he says, everything he's doing, everything that he's representing. So there's a lot of like second guessing that's going to happen. I hope, I think for him, what's going to need to happen is the right girl for him to really feel comfortable and like bring those, I feel Mm -hmm. like the mat that's in there out. And I think we saw that like a little bit tonight with Abigail, with the girl Mm -hmm. he gave the first impression rose to Yeah, kind of seemed like a normal person. It seemed like a really mm-hmm. good exchange, like something that you would see like in the real world, which I really appreciated. Yeah. So there, it's in there. I think it's just going to take a little bit and the right girl to bring it out. 
Yeah, he really leaned in there. Like he just, he had that moment where he just kind of stared at her and then he just, yeah. he went in and I said, oh, he's going for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, usually on the first night you see him make out with everyone. They're just like kissing left and right. Cause they're like, this is what I have to do. But it really felt like no, he wanted to kiss her and he really yeah. like went for it. I loved that. Yeah. It was very intentional. You could tell. Um, Mm -hmm. He seems like a very intentional man here. So I'm definitely excited to see kind of where he goes um, with all of this and the support that he'll receive from Bachelor Nation and Bachelor Family. All right. It's time for a short break right here because I've got a new sponsor of the podcast here that I think could be really helpful for you. And honestly, this last year has really showed us that you never know what life's going to throw at you. And if you use credit cards to pay for unexpected expenses, like car problems that I have, it can be very overwhelming to manage that debt. And I want to let you all know that you can take control with Upstart so you know exactly what to expect. So what is Upstart? Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000, and you can get approved the same day and receive funds uh, like as fast as one business day. So if debt is taken over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. You can find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Taylor. That's upstart.com slash Taylor. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. So loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. And you can go to upstart.com slash Taylor. And I hope that this is a helpful resource for y'all and let me know how you're liking it. And with all that said, we can now get back to the show. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, Sydney, because someone commented um, on my post this evening for the premiere and is a express something that I've had conversations about many times with people um, of feeling like, you know, they weren't going to watch this season and that they're over the franchise because it took them so long to even have the first black lead and that they shouldn't be getting, you know, pat on the backs for this. And from my perspective, I just kind of felt like, you know, I'm not going to punish the first black lead that the franchise is a little late to the game and like not show support and not watch like that to me doesn't make any sense. If what you care about is having that representation and BIPOC folks in bachelor world, having support to begin with, like that just doesn't seem an alignment for me, but it also Mm -hmm. is kind of a struggle because it's like, ah, I want them to be better. And I'm not sure if they're really doing that. This is a small step in that, but you know, curious kind of what your experience in that is. Yeah, I can totally see both sides to that. But it again, what's going to make or break this season is ratings, essentially. So Mm -hmm. what Bachelor is going to look at is what ratings are, like how they compare to other seasons. And that's why we've, this has taken so long for this to happen. Because when we originally had a Black Bachelorette, it was Rachel and the ratings weren't so great. So that's why they Mm kind of shied away from it those seasons after that. So I think... I see what they're trying to do by not watching it and not supporting because it has taken way too long for us to get here. 
Um, but that is not going to help the franchise move forward and the yeah. audience move forward if we are then boycotting watching it because they're going to be like, oh, well, we tried, we gave you guys what you wanted, but mm -hmm. honestly, this is a money thing to us. So we have to keep ratings up. We want to yeah. keep this franchise going. So they're going to, you know, look into that. But yeah, definitely. And why. it's, it's, uh, the cutthroat world of, you know, show business, right? Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It's a business. Yeah. And, um, I was kind of surprised, you know, I definitely thought that Matt, I mean, a lot of this is also social media. Like mm -hmm. there's no, no more beating around the bush around this. And it's not anything kind of even hidden behind the bush at this point. Social media numbers for people really makes a difference and people pay attention to it. Um, and it shows where the fan base is leading. And yeah. it kind of surprised me. I hadn't like looked at Matt's Instagram for a while, but, um, he was not even very close to a million and kind of surprising because he is also friends with Tyler and mm -hmm. Hannah and um, still just kind of goes to show that like BIPOC contestants and leads do need that fucking support because the yeah. majority of the fan base really just doesn't relate and doesn't um, invest in that and doesn't see mm -hmm. themselves in it. And therefore they don't necessarily support it. And a lot of BIPOC folks necessarily aren't in that fan base because they mm -hmm. haven't been fucking represented. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a lot of mixed feelings about that too, because I feel like now I'm watching the show and I'm seeing, I'm really proud of like seeing all of the people mm -hmm. of color being represented more. And I'm yeah. looking back at my season, I felt really underrepresented. I felt like I was barely on it. And that was, has mm -hmm. to do with a bunch of other reasons as well. But now yeah. seeing all these people, people of color being represented, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. But then I have like this thing in the back of my head where I'm like, oh, I wish this was sooner. So I would have had a different experience, but yeah, there's so many layers to it. But I was even looking at some of the men's from Tasha's season and usually like the, yeah. the guys that make it all the way through yeah. have like these huge million numbers, but they're still in the lower numbers. And I'm like, oh, like that's not good yeah. for what we're trying to yeah. do here with the franchise. So it's, yeah. there's so many factors that they're going to look into. And that's definitely something start following your people of color because it, I mean, it matters. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, Ivan, it was in top three and exactly. it has nowhere near like the number that and someone like Bennett has. And like, what was that even? Where was Yeah. How like was Bennett that? was on many episodes before. It's so interesting to me, but like you, you can't, you can't avoid, like, it's so yeah. clear. It's written in like ink mm -hmm. essentially that where people's uh, loyalty lies essentially with yeah. the franchise. So it's going to take a lot, but this is, I like the steps that we're making and I hope that we can continue to push them forward. Definitely. But it's going to be interesting seeing what happens from now. Yeah. Well, and since you've left the show, cause you were on bachelor and then you went to paradise and then you were doing the live tour that they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and right now you have a podcast that you do black beans and rice. Um, so you want to give us a little bit of like a rundown on like what's going on in yeah. Sydney's life now? Cause I mean, the show was how many years ago was that? It was like two I years ago. I think it's almost two years now, which is crazy yeah. to me. But yeah, a lot has changed. A lot can change in like a very short amount of time, which is really amazing. Yeah. Um, and really scary too. Um, but yeah, so since the show, I was on Colton season, so season 23, which is now two seasons ago. And then I was on Paradise right after that. It's the last Paradise that we've had because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I went on the show as never ever being in a relationship before. And now since then, I found my first relationship 
And we started dating in the middle of uh, the, the pandemic. We met on Instagram and mm -hmm. I managed to create this really amazing relationship within like a very short amount of time. We started talking over FaceTime. Hmm. We talked for three months before we ever met in person. And then as soon as we met in person, luckily it was like, it clicked. It was like even better in person. It was kind of mm -hmm. scary. It was touch and go for a second, yeah. but now we're fully dating. Um, I was originally going to move back to LA. I was staying obviously at my parents because of COVID and I wasn't on tour because it kind of got cut short, yeah. which I was dancing on last year. Um, so I kind of moved into my boyfriend's apartment after dating him for a few months and I <laughs> kind of, now, so. <laughs> kind, kind of, of yeah. In. So all my stuff is here and I got rid of my apartment taking it day by day. Like I, you said, I started a podcast. It's just like an interesting time. I'm kind of just like taking a lot of chances and kind of just like leaning into love a little bit more and yeah. seeing where it goes. But yeah, it's been, yeah. A good, it's been a lot of good things have happened and a lot of big changes have happened for me for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a short break right here because I understand that this can be a stressful time for everyone. You might be experiencing anxiety. You might have chronic pain. You might have trouble sleeping at least once a week. And if this is the case, you are not alone. Many of us are struggling with that these days. Personally, getting some solid sleep and reducing my anxiety has been a little bit of a struggle. Um, and so I've been looking around for ways to help. And y'all know that I'm a fan of CBD. So I'm excited to share with y'all a new sponsor of the podcast called Feels. That's F-E-A-L-S, but... I still vibe with it. And Feels is premium CBD that is delivered directly to your door and helps naturally reduce stress and anxiety, uh, pain, and sleeplessness. So it's incredibly easy to take. I take the drops and consistency is really important here. So I take the drops every morning and I just place it underneath my tongue and then literally can start to feel that it'll help reduce some of my stress and everyone's dose is going to be different. So you might need to experiment um, over the course of a week or so. Maybe it takes some more, maybe it takes some less and just kind of see uh, what the effects are, right? So I know, I know that this can be a lot and you're like, well, I don't know how much to take. Uh, so if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. And don't forget, it, it acts naturally, okay, to help you feel better. So there's no high, there's no hangover. You don't have to worry about any of that. And you can become a member of Feels for 50% off your first order. So to help y'all out, because I love my listeners here and Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. So become a member today by going to feels.com slash Taylor and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash Taylor to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with the free shipping. Again, that's feels.com slash Taylor. And now we can get back to the show. And you said that you had never been in like a serious relationship before mm -hmm. the show. Yes, exactly. And so mm -hmm. I feel like very much like Matt, I, at Matt James, when I went on the show, like I've never been in love mm -hmm. before. This is scary. I don't know what's going to happen when I do fall in love. Like if I mm -hmm. get there on the show, there's so many things that you're thinking about. Um, yeah. So I can relate to that in a lot of ways. Um, but I always knew in the back of my head when 
something was right, I would be able to jump right into it because I always knew what I was looking for. I spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. I was super driven in my career, but I always like knew I wasn't going to push, not push that aside, but put my focus a lot into mm-hmm. relationships until it like really matters, really made sense for me. But this one made sense. So it's kind of all fallen into place. And it's been my like 2020 silver lining in a way. Um, But yeah. I mean, that's definitely a big change in your life in the middle of a like worldwide shift within um, everything with COVID. And I mean, putting three months of like FaceTiming and, um, you know, virtual communication, that's like a a big investment within the relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. Wondering if you can speak a little bit to, you know, how you were able to connect in that way. Um, And yeah. Maybe just a bit of like how you even made that decision to get together in person. Because I think a lot of folks right now are struggling with like virtual dating. I know. I keep trying to put that message out there because I feel like with now with dating now and just everyone being in their homes, everyone not socializing as much, it can be really scary and really daunting um, getting into trying to date at all. Um, we met, like I said, on Instagram and we just kind of connected right away it was he was just like fun and easy to talk to and we just had fun Mm -hmm. together speaking so I never ever thought it was going to go anywhere I was like oh this guy lives in Ohio I'm living wherever I'm living right now and (laughs) and he was just like commenting on your stuff and like flirting with you yeah he would just respond to stories I would put up or if I ever put up question stickers he would always post something really funny it was never like the standard what's your favorite color how is the bachelor kind of questions yeah he was always just really funny he just uh, he kind of just was always like kind of there in a way. I always remembered Mm -hmm. him whenever he would, I would do that. So it was quarantine. I wasn't doing much and I was looking at my phone a lot. Like we all were, and we just Mm kind of hit it off. Um, he kind of put the ball in my court and was like, here's my number. We had like two days of just constant DMing. And then from there, we took, kind of took it to FaceTime. I just like cold called him one night and was like, let's see what happens here. Cause you just get super bored in quarantine. You kind of want Mm -hmm. the connection and, and for whatever reason, I just took that chance and it made, we hit it off right away. It could have been like, oh, I tried to face him, time him one time and it was horrible and I never did it again, but luckily it just yeah. worked. <laughs> and then we started FaceTiming for like hours a night for, like mm-hmm. I said, for three months and then got to a point where it was like, we really got to know each other because you're just talking. You, it takes everything else away. You can't like kiss, you can't touch, mm-hmm. you can't do anything that you would normally do on a date. So I literally had to just get to know him as a human being. And I would ask him all these questions. It felt very much like being on like The Bachelor, maybe like mm-hmm. some other TV show where you can't, you just have to talk. Yeah. Um, and like I said, and then we really built something strong through that somehow. So I definitely think it can work if someone's thinking about if this is impossible to try to date mm-hmm. online or virtually. Like I definitely work for me and I could see how it could work for a lot of people because it takes that physical away and you really have to like get to know the core yeah. of someone. Hmm. So I knew who he was. And then there was a lot of like sexual tension and things by that mm-hmm. point because we had not met and not touched yeah. and not done anything. So I was like, we need to meet to see <laughs> if this is something that's real or if we're just like really good mm-hmm. friends. So that's why after that three month point, we kind of like took that chance. And yeah. Person. Now, did you feel comfortable or were you able to explore what some of that physical sexual chemistry would be like yeah. what before you had met? Uh, yeah, we didn't do the like online cyber anything yet. I, for me, I just wanted to like do it in person first mm-hmm. and I hadn't really ex- 
explored that side of myself on the phone before. So yeah. I was a little nervous about maybe taking it to that point. Mm-hmm. Like now I could do that. But like at the time, I didn't know him really well. And that really yeah. wasn't something I wanted. And he's always been really respectful of me. Um, but we did have like open conversations about being physical and what we were like comfortable with before mm-hmm. we even met. So I had those yeah. like ground, you know, ground mm-hmm. rules essentially. And we had no problem once we got in person, but I, like yeah. if he laid it out there for me where like, if I was uncomfortable or we didn't really hit it off, like I could stay in the other room or I could mm-hmm. get a hotel. Like I, it was never like a pressure thing for me, luckily, because yeah. he kind of took the lead on that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you always want to be safe and you always want to feel comfortable because you never know how you're going to feel when you're actually in the yeah. situation. But we kind of, we set it all up beforehand. So I felt very comfortable and Definitely. Yeah. Well, and that's great. Like I always tell people to like, before you actually start having sex, talk about sex, like before you actually have any kind of sex with that person, talk to them about what you like, you know, what your, Uh what your boundaries are. Right. Um, you know, you can talk about past experiences if that feels comfortable. Um, Uh and it sounds like you guys were able to kind of talk about some of those things beforehand. And I think that that always like helps just add to the experience. Right. Cause like, you're not going to always know what your partner likes unless you ask them, unless they tell you, unless you talk about it. (laughs) Exactly. And that can grow too because when you you can talk about it beforehand and kind of get an idea but once you're in person it can be Mm -hmm. great obviously but as you grow to know each other more it got even better because we were more comfortable and we could Mm -hmm. talk about it more openly yeah so communication is always great and Mm -hmm. just being open to not being like perfect right away and seeing like where you can go exploring each other is really cool yeah, definitely. And I think that piece of like, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect right away. I was working with a client on this actually um, around like exploring something like anal sex and like mm-hmm. being kind of worried about it and everything. And, you know, I was kind of asking like, well, you know, what was your first experience with vaginal penetrative sex? Was that like, you know, did that blow your mind? Were you having orgasms and, you know, coming everywhere the first time you had penetrative sex yeah. uh, vaginally? And it was kind of like, oh, no. Not really. It's like, yeah, well, That'd it might be nice. It, yeah, right. But I was like, yeah, you know, it might not be perfect the first time mm-hmm. that you do it. You know, it might be uncomfortable and you might, you know, learn some things and you might feel some things that feel good and other things that are like, no, thank you. And that's mm-hmm. just kind of a part of the process of trying something new or being with someone new, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's all, it's fun. It makes it more interesting and more fun. It's like a little explorer project. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's such a great attitude to have around like sex anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of relieve some of that pressure. And it's just like a fun, like, let's explore things. It's an adventure. It helps Um, have the right partner for that, obviously. But yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. All right. It's time for a short break right here. Again, my favorite sponsor of the podcast. We got better help in the house for the next minute. So I know that y'all have asked me so many different questions here about finding therapy and BetterHelp is a fantastic source for this. It is professional therapy from licensed professional counselors who specialize in any really variety of things. If you're struggling with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, if you've got trauma, uh, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and anything that you share is confidential, okay? And I know you're probably thinking, okay, well, therapy is expensive, but BetterHelp actually offers uh, pretty affordable prices, and they also offer financial assistance, 
And, and to make it even better, (laughs) I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash talk about it. You can join over a million people taking charge of their mental health by visiting betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash talk about it. And if you are actually a licensed professional uh, and are looking for some more work, BetterHelp uh, has had so many people using the platform that they are actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So hit them up if you're looking for some more clients. And with all of that, so thankful to have BetterHelp as a sponsor of this podcast. And now we can get back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about like you're living with him now. And also uh-huh. I had meant to say this earlier, but y'all on social media is so freaking cute. Like he, oh. I can tell he's like so supportive of your work. Yeah. Oh, I'm always, just like, <laughs> wow. He's really, he is a champ. He is in this. Yeah, he is in it. He is super supportive. And like, it really gets to him when people say that he's not, because everyone has something to say about everything. If they, because mm-hmm. he can be sarcastic sometimes and people take that yeah. as, oh, he doesn't support your career, which he completely does. It's definitely been a balance. Because with me moving in, essentially, mm-hmm. I didn't plan to move in, but because of the pandemic, it yeah. happened. Um, I'm also moving with my work and my work is a lot online. And so I'm like on my phone a lot. So it was an interesting balance. And I mm-hmm. think I've, I've learned like what he's comfortable with and what's like kind of his boundaries with that. And mm-hmm. I have, so then I kind of like ask him or like, I'm, I say, I need to do this for this reason. I kind of explain it to him. So uh, we try to keep that open conversation, but it's not perfect. Like I have to figure mm-hmm. out, I'm learning to be a little bit more private with certain things and he's learning to like open up more with things, which I think is good for both of us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything is communication and we're <laughs> learning a lot and it can be fun too. Cause we're like, Oh, this is a different thing for me, or this is something new to me, but that's also really exciting because mm-hmm. it's kind of pushing us in our own different directions together, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Now the, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm sure you probably get this question as well, but, um, you know, I tend to share a lot of personal things on social and people mm-hmm. are always like, well, how do you decide like what's private and, and what's public? And I think, you know, when it is in relation to your actual relationship, like that kind of takes two, you know, and yeah. you are dating someone who doesn't have experience being in the spotlight or having, you know, public attention, their levels of what they might be comfortable with is probably going to be different. Different. I know it's very different for, sure. for, for me and Zach. And um, I'm wondering how you would describe how you go about determining what you share and what you keep private. Yeah. I, I feel like if it has to do with both of us, I definitely am definitely more aware of what I'm putting out there. If it's just like me and me about my life, like I don't really ask him or consider him as much. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I was taking really like hot photos of myself the other day because I was like feeling myself wearing a bathing suit. I was like, is it okay if I post this because I'm like half naked? Like I did ask him that, but he was like, sure, that's fine. So I, sometimes I'm a little cautious with it, but other times I'm like, no, this is about me. But when it's like about us, I definitely am a little bit more aware. Um, hmm. Nothing's been like too crazy that I haven't been able to share anything. I've been wanting to share him because I, one, like I said before, I wanted to kind of 
show people that love can happen in this time and like show mm-hmm. like what I've found and kind of give like that example for people or yeah. um, give something that people like hope in a way. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've been trying to share a lot about our relationship just because it's like super exciting for me. It's my first relationship, but I'm also like shocked yeah. that it happened during this time. Yeah. And I, I can just relate. So I'm sure how people are feeling lonely right now. So I mm-hmm. kind of wanted to show more of that. That's why I've kind of done that. And it's been really fun for me to do. Um, yeah. So yeah I, I that's like a, Mm-hmm. general of what I'm doing with social media right now. So Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, not only your first relationship, not only like in a pandemic, but like also living together, which yeah. really changes the ball game. I mean, from my experience at yeah. least. Uh, so I'm wondering, you know, if you want to share a little bit about what that experience was like for you. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not what you had always imagined it would be. <laughs> to get It never is, together. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I've always had roommates, so I've always gotten used to like the idea of living with people, but it's, it's definitely interesting. It pushes your relationship in a lot of different directions. Like you just, it's things that you don't necessarily think about until you're actually living it. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we'll have a lot of conversations. Sometimes it'll just, there'll be like not arguments, but disagreements on things mm-hmm. that you wouldn't even realize is like a thing for someone until oh, yeah. you're living with them. So just like, where do you like? how do you like things to be organized? What like Mm -hmm. color do you want the wall? Things like random things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's also just, I feel so comfortable with him and with myself even more now that I'm like so Mm. open with him that we've created this like really beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of really amazing things have come from it. I think we're super strong because of it. And we've kind of just gone into this, like knowing that each other are, both of us are really in it. Um, we talked, all the way through this process, I was really nervous when I kind of, mm-hmm. I was kind of felt like I was kind of putting this all on him by just like jumping into moving in. Um, but mm-hmm. he's been open this entire way and mm-hmm. it's been great, but yeah, it's never like a super easy breezy transition, but I think yeah. it just, it's been working. So, and I'm at the mm-hmm. point in my life where this makes sense. Like if I was maybe 21, mm-hmm. this would not be so easy and whatever, but I feel like I really yeah. got, I know who I am now and what I'm looking for and what I need. And I'm able to ask for that in a relationship. So that's why it's kind of yeah. smooth. Yeah. Well, and how do you go about like figuring that out, knowing what you like and knowing what you need with this being your first relationship, you know, and what ways yeah. have you um, been able to kind of challenge yourself to identify what those things are to even communicate them to him? I just think I was so scared to get in any relationship until not that it was perfect or it was I, until it was like exactly what I was looking for and that it was someone willing to work with me in a way um, on those things. So whenever I was single, I was constantly thinking about, okay, what do I like? Any date I went on, I would be like, what is it about him that I like? What is it about that I don't like? I was always just super clear and I really not broke, broke it down to just like my core values versus like the egotistic things that you think you want in a relationship. I really got clear on that in the few years that I was really focusing on dating a lot of that around when I was on the bachelor. Mm -hmm. So by the time he came into my life, I was like, Oh, that's it. Like it was Mm. clear. It was like no questions because I had spent so much time being like, is that thing it? No. Is that thing it? No. Yes. Mm. No. So I've just really, yeah, like the best way I can describe it is I was just really clear. So yeah. And you said that, yeah, it sounds like it. Um, (laughs) You mentioned that most of this was kind of also through your uh, time on The Bachelor when you were really focused on dating. Um, what, if anything, kind of comes to your mind off the bat here um, from Bachelor and then from Paradise, what mm-hmm. 
were your big takeaways in terms of things that you need or things that you learned about yourself to take forward in dating? I think what's cool about Bachelor in Paradise is that you, one, all the distractions are away. You have no phone. You have no anyone mm-hmm. to, to go to besides like your producer and who's on the show with you and yourself. Yeah. So a lot of just like time to reflect. Um, so I u- really use that time wisely, even though I wasn't really connecting to my Bachelor, things like that. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I did the same. I journaled in my room most of the yeah, time. Yeah, I was just like, like a lot of self-reflection. <laughs> yeah, it was like therapy, self-reflection. I was like, got yeah. it, got it. Um, but what I found, it was really awesome for me to date different type of people that I was used to dating. So I got to see like, oh, what is it about them? Or what is it I like about this? And I was really open, I think, during that process where before in my life, I wasn't so open with what I was looking for. Then I kind of like opened myself up and just like was like, see what happened. Mm-hmm. And then when I did that, I was like, oh, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. Um, I think I just, I knew from that experience how I wanted to feel in a relationship and how I wanted my life to feel. And I mm-hmm. got broke it down to, I wanted my life to have a lot of joy. I wanted it to be really fun. I wanted someone that was open and kind of down for anything, um, mm-hmm. supported of, supportive of this career path that I'm in now. And just like open to things, not being like super traditional all the time. And yeah, someone that was, yeah, just could be my rock through anything essentially. Cause hmm. you go through a lot of ups and downs, especially during that time when you're on the show. So yeah, yeah, I guess just someone solid mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of fun. So yeah. And I didn't watch your season of Paradise. I think I had gotten mm-hmm. like a few episodes of that. Um, but you mentioned fun and some of that kind of feels like a rock. Was there anyone specifically that you dated from that experience that you feel like helped you see that more clear? And maybe this was um, already shown and I just like didn't watch it. And so I apologize. Yeah, yeah. But- no, I mean, I ha- I was different where I felt like I was just like kind of friends with everyone on the show, which was mm-hmm. hard for me. I didn't feel like. I had like a relationship with Mike Johnson, who was awesome. He's super fun. Mm-hmm. We had really great open conversations, which I think I really enjoyed about him was the yeah. ability to just kind of talk about anything, which is what I have in my relationship now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted to feel like sought after and like I was yeah. really attractive to a man because like I felt like didn't feel like that a lot while I was on the show. Mm-hmm. Colton and I didn't connect at all. So I didn't yeah. really feel like that draw to him or he didn't feel that to me. And then on Paradise, it was really difficult for me to find something really substantial because there's so many beautiful women there. And there's all these Mm -hmm. guys that come in with these ideas of what they're looking for because they've watched the previous season. So they're like, I want to go to that girl because she was top three and this girl, you know. Yeah. So I felt really like overlooked in Paradise. And I didn't want to ever feel like that again in a relationship. So I don't feel like that at all in this relationship. Like I feel very like desired and sought after and supported. So yeah. Yeah. That's so important. And I mean, mm-hmm. even though I was in a relationship on paradise, my, before that had started, that was like my biggest thing was like, I'm not desirable within this bachelor yeah. world. Like I'm not the person exactly. that is top three or whatever. I'm not the person that, you know, the guys are going to be front of minds like, oh yeah, her, like, that's just not, I was very aware that like, that's not my role here. That's not my place here. I'm not that girl, but never felt that way outside of the franchise. Um, Totally. I felt the same way. Yeah. mm -hmm. Which is hard for you to like fall in love when you're so aware of like, oh, I'm not really being like uh, approached here or sought after. And that's really hard to be like, Mm -hmm. here I am, you know, when you're 
not being received that well. So yeah. yeah and I, I think, <laughs> I think too, you know, part of what we talked about at the beginning here of like the popularity contest of it all, uh, mm-hmm. that that plays a part. And then you do kind of have to question what people's intentions are of like, well, are they totally. wanting to date me because they want to, you know, save face or they save or they want to date me because they want to like, you know, gain status or whatever it is, right? Like there's all these other questions in the back of your head sometimes about what people's intentions are. Are they dating me for the right reason? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you obviously put up walls knowing that. So it's really hard. Like I, like obviously it works for certain people, but it was really hard Mm -hmm. for me in that in that process. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an easy uh, adventure. That's for sure. Um, But I always love to like see, you know, what people make of it. And it seems like you have really made the most of it and you really took it as like a really um, kind of intense self-exploration journey. And I think that's like the best thing you could do with it, honestly. I know. Well, I wanted to go into it and be like fall in love and just like really lean into that part of my life. But I was like, no, this is another learning experience for me. Here I go. Like I was used to this and here we are again, but I mean, it's made me stronger and I feel like I really got what I needed to out of it. So, yeah, well, I'm so happy to hear that. And that like, you're all happy with your boo. I'm like, I see you guys on social and I'm just like, Oh, she looks like she's really living her best life. And like, even how you like do your ads and stuff. I'm like, damn, I gotta set my game up. I'm like, Sydney is fucking killing it. Like <laughs> very, you. very good job. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah. It means a lot to me actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, literally you did like the shampoo and you had like the snow and the roses and I was like damn oh my god I almost froze in that (laughs) and then you're in the process of doing that you're like what is wrong with me why am I like this um I know just I really go hard for the homework so (laughs) yes no you're doing great you look like you're killing it and like you're really living your best life so I'm so excited for you and really appreciate you you being vulnerable and opening up here and and sharing with us um I would love for you to share a little bit um as we wrap up here about your podcast so that people kind of know where they can find you where they can follow you and all that good stuff yeah, so I started a podcast with one of my really good friends from the show, Nicole. She was on my season for Paradise and Colton season. And I like I'm sure you have felt like there was a little bit of a lack in the Bachelor Nation space as far as women of color, just like that different perspective. And oh, yeah. we're not just a bachelor podcast, but um that mm-hmm. is a part of who we are because that's where we came from. Yep. So we do talk about that a little bit, but mostly I just like to really get inspired by the guests that we have on. I like to hear what's beyond what people um, on the show were about, what they were before, and just also really mm-hmm. inspiring people. I just like to like have like conversations like this and because podcasts have gotten me through a lot of tough times in my life yeah. before I was ever on the show or any of this stuff. So I, it's something that I really uh, find special and I really love doing. Um, so yeah, it's been great. It's been like mm-hmm. my quarantine projects, um, but it's keeping me, keeping me going. Yeah. So. Yeah, the representation for sure for women of color from the show being able to like have their own platforms is pretty limited, let alone like also be able to have deeper conversations and share their experiences and allow representation for that. Um, And again, just anyone that's listening, go follow all the BIPOC people from the show. If you follow the fucking Hannah Ann's and Hannah G's, you better go fucking follow goes both ways. Oh, yeah, like, you better go follow everybody else. Um, but <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> yeah. speaking of that, um, where can people follow you, Sydney? 
Yeah, so I'm on all the platforms. I'm trying to keep up with the the kids. Um, I'm on Instagram, which is my name, Sydney Lotuaco, L-O-T-U-A-C-O. Uh, our podcast is Black Beans and Rice Pod on Instagram, and I'm kind of on TikTok-ish, like I said, to keep up with kids, but, you know, <laughs> you can find me. I, <laughs> yeah, I tried with TikTok for a small hot minute at the beginning of quarantine, and I was like, mm-mm, stay in mm-hmm. your lane, bitch. Stay in the lane, exactly. Now yeah. there's reels. Ugh. I mean, it can be fun, but then it's like it takes so much effort and like research in a way to figure out what mm-hmm. to be doing. So yeah, I'm yeah. mostly on Instagram. It, it, it does a lot. But even I saw like your, you and your boo did like a cute little reel together and I was like, <clears throat> Zach. <laughs> I know. I, I like, just um, have to make it and then show him how cute it is. And then he'll be like, oh, okay. But like, I can't be like, let's do this for this reason. Cause it, yeah. I just have to do it. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe we'll have to discuss some tips because I got to yeah. do this. <laughs> well, uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show yeah. and for sharing all the things. It was so wonderful to catch up with you. I know. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading, you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right, and and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast um, and, again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing whilst you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. Then cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app. So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll up to win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus entered by 4223. See rules at rolluptowin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited.